Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, my beautiful friends. Hi, (laughs) and welcome to another episode of Alisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud. Today, it is December the 9th, 2020. It is dumping snow. It is also my 96th episode. Like, oh, we're so close to that 100th show. What am I going to do for that, you guys? It's going to be a super special episode, just like today's. Today, we got a juicy one. I got such a juicy one for you. And I just, reflecting back, the past three years of podcasting has been unbelievable. Now, before I get started in today's show, I would love for y'all to hit pause and quickly give this podcast a five-star rating and a written review. You should also subscribe while you're there so you can get those little extra alerts every time a new episode comes out. Cool? Cool. Okay, so like I said, I've recorded some incredible shows. I have learned an incredible amount about life, about perspective, love, loving myself and others, fitness, food, and how to navigate through this crazy fucking life with integrity. And one of the things I love so much about the show is the openness of my guests and the vulnerability to share. And today's episode is, oh, it checks all of those boxes. My guest is the wonderful Tierra Womack. Now, Tierra is a specialist in narcissistic personality disorder. She is the owner of The Brave Way, which is a one-on-one coaching program for women to triumph over narcissistic abuse. Now, she helps women find confidence and success, rediscover themselves, find their calling, and most importantly, which I am learning in this narcissistic victim world, to learn to monetize a soul-based business. Uh, She is the full meal deal here in in helping women triumph over narcissistic abuse. There are, there are, okay, let's face it. There are people in positions of power in the world today who have narcissistic personality disorder that are normalizing this type of behavior and making it okay. And in my opinion, that is not okay. That is not okay. In today's episode, we talk all about narcissistic behavior, what it looks like, what it feels like, and Tira starts to unpack the impact of not only living with a narcissist, but also how to break free from this, let's call a spade a spade, abuse of power and regain your life. You guys all ready for this? (laughs) It's so good. Let's do it. All right. Hello, Tierra. How are you doing today? I am so excited to be here. I'm doing amazing. <laughs> Very good. And you Thank look you. you look beautiful in your grateful shirt. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I wore it just for you because I am extremely grateful for this opportunity to speak with you. And it's it's amazing. Ah, 
Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, welcome to the show. I, I want to get right into the dirt here because you are one of the most interesting humans I I I follow on Instagram. You have a oh my gosh. You have such an interesting niche where you really target narcissism and narcissistic behavior and recovery and how to empower yourself after inco- recovering from this type of abuse. So a lot of what you say really resonates me on many levels. And, oh, oh my God, I, I don't even know where to start. I don't even, like, I have so many questions. I guess we'll just start at the beginning. Um, how, how have you evolved to be this powerhouse woman that you are? Well, you know, I would love to have like this really profound story (laughs) of evolving into this, but really how it happened is I was so blessed and lucky to have not one, but two narcissists (laughs) on uh, complete different ends of the spectrum. Okay. So I would say I have like my doctorate in narcissism, both long-term relationships. Um, I have children with both of these men. And so, um, you know, for me, I just realized, like, I remember the sadness and the disappointment and the hurt of um, being in those relationships where you love someone so much and they can treat you so bad. And then, you know, I always considered myself a very confident, um, I always say, I wouldn't say like an extrovert, but like your most introverted extrovert or your most Mm -hmm. extroverted introvert, right? Mm -hmm. But in regards to my community, I always was kind of like leader, you know? Mm -hmm. So I realized I was top of the leaderboard when it came to relationships and community and things of that nature. Or I'm sorry, I was top of the the leaderboard in business and community and, you know, in my family, but then bottom of the leaderboard in relationships. And I realized that, um, you know, for me, I stayed in those relationships because of a lifestyle, for me, that financial piece was huge Okay. because I didn't grow up with a lot. So then when I was in relationships with these wealthy men, you know, I was always raised with the mindset of, well, it's better to have a piece of a man than no man at all. Or, you know, when you're dealing with the wealthy man, you have to put up with a few things. And, and so unfortunately, I thought that the love I was receiving was normal. I thought that I had to fix people or if I just loved them even more past their mm. their monster, I call it, then they would find a way like I would be the only one they kind of love you know mm-hmm. but that all stemmed back to like that codependency and attachment so mm-hmm. for me it was like one day I just remember coming back from like a PTA meeting walking my kids to school like so that that out, outward cookie cutter life and I was sobbing and I was like a shell of myself and and I just was like I can't do this like I don't even know what this is but I can't do this I I I deserve better and I didn't know what better looked like and better was scary because better was outside of what I knew and what I had in my mind as like the ideal life so I just remember like if I just had some help if I just had my own money if I just had this and this and this and this and I could leave Uh uh-huh Mm-hmm. But then it started this rabbit hole of like, well, then you stay, right? Because now you're trying to get these things. And so you just end up enduring longer and it's out of fear. It's out of, um, mm-hmm. you know, being in that comfort. And I just remember like, I felt like such a shitty mom. Like mm-hmm. that's what really hurt me because I was like, I have this 
successful business that I had built in eight months. It was almost three quarters of a million dollar business. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have my own money to go get a one bedroom for my sons and I to leave the abuse. So I had to continue to put up with it. And I just remember at that moment, I'm like, I can't do this. The thing that I didn't want to do the most is what I need to do the most. So I went and stayed with my one of my good friends and my two sons. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I realized, like, it may not be what you want it to be or look like, um, but it's it's everything you need for your soul and to know that you can move forward. And so I, like, have made it my mission to show women and give them the tools that I use because I don't have it all figured out, mm-hmm. but I just know what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want women stuck in that victim mentality of, oh, my God, this is happening to me know what's happening for you because mm-hmm. I have seen some you know my clients like they have had these amazing breakthroughs of like wow I really am the shit like I really can do this wow I really you know I remember what makes me happy like I'm truly happy and I remember there were days that um I didn't even know what happy was like I had been faking so long so oh my god so yeah it's important You have said so many really valuable things. I want to touch on that fear, that the topic of fear. So because a lot of people are in relation, relationship is the biggest, I don't know, the easiest thing for everyone to relate to, I think, when it comes to narcissistic, narcissistic behavior. Am I, am I on to something here? relationship I think so absolutely because you can have relationships it doesn't just have to be with a significant other it could be with your parents it could be with you know friends so yeah right and we have this idea of what it's supposed to be like and we never as you were saying you you're always trying to make it better or you think you can heal or help and then at what point okay this is twofold (laughs) I'm gonna have to try to remember all my questions I'm so excited um when you were at the point that you knew you needed to take action, what did it feel like to break through that fear barrier? I was always somebody, I had this false sense of confidence I know now and like I can achieve mm-hmm. anything. But really what it was was I can ch- achieve anything with maybe them as my, my backup. Okay. You know, I'm unstoppable with yep. them as my backup. That, yep. that financial piece is my backup. So I remember... Just realizing, like, I, all these things that I bring to to the table as a woman, as a mother, as a business owner, they're still within me, whether or not they're here or not. Yeah. So one day, I just remember being in my room. We had had another argument. And I just remember thinking, like, either I'm going to stay here and continue to become a shell of myself and have nothing left for my kids because every day was getting harder and harder to smile for my kids. Okay. Every day was getting harder and harder to put on the fake smile at the PTA meetings. Yes. And I said, either I stay here and I'm going to explode. Yeah. And it it probably won't be good for my kids. And I was trying to do everything I could to shield my kids. Or I'm going to leave and just believe in yourself. Just trust your future self. It's almost Mm. like, what do you have to lose? Because... You know, there's nothing worse to me than feeling like you're very um, enlightened. Like I had, I was doing meditation work and manifesting and all these things. And it's like, but Mm -hmm. how are you still in this cycle? Like how enlightened are you really, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, if you really took an ounce of everything that you've learned and that you've kind of been like hiding behind, 
Mm-hmm. What if you like, what's the worst thing that can happen if you actually believe in your future? You know, and I, I had this, this light at the end of the tunnel and I was made to feel bad for that though. But I'm, I'm fine, you know, like I'm not fine, but I'm, I'm making it through and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I want women to hold on to that. If you have that little bit of hope and like, I don't know what this looks like and I'm scared as hell, but I'm going to try to make a little step every day towards this future that I want instead of remaining to be in love with this man's potential, mm-hmm. you know, not yes. their true self, but, but being in love with their potential. Um, I want women to not be made to feel bad about that. Like not to feel like, oh, honey, you're just, you're, um, you're putting on a front of happiness. Like, no, I actually have found some inner happiness. Like, let me just hold on to that. Let mm-hmm. me believe in my future. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but that, you know, to answer your question is, is really what was profound for me. Just saying, you know what, what do you have to lose? Yep. Yes. You know, and like, and what do you have to gain? And when you really cross that path, it's, um, it's trusting the path. You trust the path and trust yourself. It's very, that's very profound. Okay. So let's kind of rewind a little bit here. We're talking about narcissists. What is narcissism? What is its narcissistic personality disorder? What does that mean? What does that mean? So there are so many different, you know, definitions. To me, narcissism is a personality disorder. Yes. So it literally is a chemical imbalance. And I think that narcissism has become such a buzzword. Yes. Where people are like, if you're selfish, you're a narcissist. No. A narcissist literally has a chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. that doesn't allow them to feel empathy for others. Right. So everything that they do, since they don't have empathy for others or as much empathy as like, you know, I, I would say a normal human so then they do everything out of their own pleasure everything is for their own reward and gain so even when they are loving you or you know treating you like a queen and doing all those things it's only to mirror something that you're reflecting to them so that they can receive something else for their own gain in return which is why we as women I find that we're so confused and we're so stuck in this mindset of like how was I so wrong Like he was amazing at first, or there are moments of him being amazing. Like he'll go from being a monster to being amazing and then go back to being a monster. And it's like, you get so confused and that's where that lack of confidence really comes into play because you're like, I can't be this wrong. Right. Like I know he really is a good guy in there somewhere. I just have to, you know, maybe he's just having a bad day or let me not do that again. So mm-hmm. that he won't get mad or, you know, that's when we start going into all those other aspects um, of attachment. But yeah, so in a nutshell, you know, nar- a narcissist is someone who really puts themselves above all else and above all others and don't have that empathy okay. that um, at a level that is normal. I'm glad you clarified that because I do hear that word a lot. Uh, it is thrown around a lot. And I know some people actually in my life personally that use it often when they're referring to people that, I don't know, are stubborn or are jerks or dicks <laughs> or whatever that have like that inflated ego. Um, and I wanted to almost touch on that too, because is, so the difference between a narcissist and someone with a very wounded, projected ego is a chemical imbalance of the brain. Is that the main difference? Mm -hmm. 
That's the main difference. Among some others, but that's the main difference where someone who just has an ego, you know, they actually are still able to exert empathy and they able right. they are able to self-reflect and know like, you know what, let me not do that again because that really hurt the person that I love. Right. So let me retract my ego a bit so that I can um, not do that again. But a narcissist will say, you're hurt? Why? Why are you hurt? <laughs> okay, well, can you still do what, what I need you to do anyway? Mm-hmm. Well, it's your fault that you're hurt because, or it's your fault that I cheated. It's your, you know what I mean? Like they don't even have, and it would take, I can't say that they would never get to a point, but they would have to do some deep inner work to get to a point where they can start to realize their own triggers and try to shift their, their actions. And most narcissists don't have, like, they're very aware. See, that's the other thing that is so sick to me. It's like a narcissist is very aware of their behavior. It's not like someone that maybe has multiple personality disorders and they're like, I blanked out. I don't even know what happened. A narcissist is calculating. They sit back when they meet you. They will mirror what it is that you're giving or what it is that you're subconsciously telling them. And then they will give that back to you. So it's so, Mm. um, you know, demented to me in a way because they're aware of their actions or words or, um, you know, physical abuse, whatever, mental abuse and how it affects you. But they just choose not to do anything about it. Interesting. Because, again, it's for their own reward versus, like you said, someone with an ego that would say, oh, that doesn't feel good hurting my best friend. I understand. You know. Yeah. So what are some of the main signs if that are that separate that? What is the main signs of narcissistic personality disorder and can it happen in women and men or is it mostly just men because I really I can name a few men right now (laughs) oh my goodness it is women too yes okay absolutely it is not just something that's gender specific and I want your listeners to understand that there I know probably just as many female narcissists as I do male okay I just so happen to come from a place of male narcissism in relationships because that's what I dealt with. Gotcha. But there are women in my family that are narcissists. You know what I mean? So it's it's really all about um, understanding that. And then there are different degrees of narcissism. You know, there are different uh, traits of narcissism. So in regards to the, the main would be that lack of empathy. Okay. Yeah, you, you did know? you did mention the spectrum. You said the spectrum of narcissism. I would love for you to maybe like map that out so we can know what the signs are and what the characteristics are. Yeah. So, you know, I would say so there are traditionally six types of narcissists, but what I find is that a narcissist will um can be inter intertwined. Gotcha. Because like for instance, I had a relationship with a covert narcissist, and that's one who outwardly, they don't exhibit signs of narcissism only to you. So for instance, he had a lot of rages. So he's the life of the party. Everybody loves him. Uh, Pillar in the community, pillar in business, very successful. Seems to have like a lot of empathy to others. But then behind closed doors, it was Mm. a completely different animal, like light switch off. Interesting. And so that's a covert narcissist. And see, the thing about narcissists is they never like for their cover to be blown, so to speak. Right. So that's the number one way for 
me to know from dealing with the narcissist is, is how um, open are they to communication about like, hey, you did this or you said this and that kind of hurt me. Like, you know, having that, that conversation. Um, someone who's not a narcissist will be willing to listen. It's not to say that they will change or they will, you know, do something else with their behavior, but they are willing to listen and have some type of adult communication back and forth. A narcissist usually isn't able to have that conversation because mm. they feel attacked. Mm. Because they don't want any chinks in their armor. So mm -hmm. even for you to say, listen, you are a narcissist. Like, you are, you are abusive mentally, verbally, physically. It's like don't tell them about themselves. They know they do that, but you you don't have the right to tell them that. Gotcha. So that's a trait. It's like how open are individuals to having um, adult conversation? That, and then the other narcissist type of narcissist that I was with was was called a toxic narcissist. So very verbally and physically mm. abusive. Mm -hmm. So those individuals, um, a lot of times, like they always have something bad to say about others. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I do. Um, they always have something bad to say about like your circle, your friends, like anybody that's a support system to you. Um, they always will try to cut them down a notch because they they want to deplete that other support from you so that you only are support uh, supported by them. Yes. But I say that because that's just two examples of narcissists where both of the narcissists I was with exhibited those traits. Right. So in a nutshell, it's really, you know, looking at um, how they communicate, how open they are to feedback and, you know, like kind of constructive criticism, yeah. how much empathy they have. To me, that's number one. If you see them in certain situations where you're just like, huh, that was a weird reaction to yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then that can be a red flag for you because both of my exes were walking red flags. Yeah. I just, for whatever my own codependency reasons chose to ignore those red flags mm -hmm. you know yes. again for the potential so um so yeah just kind of you know really looking at how those individuals um if you see any dramatic shifts in what they are reflecting back to you and if it's consistent mm -hmm. you know what i mean what's the middle of the spectrum look like the middle of the spectrum is more so an individual that gives you, I would say, 50-50 of it all. See, the two the two ends of the spectrums that I was dealing with, more so they, one was raging a lot. Yeah. And the other one just was, you know, somewhat, I can say, treated me a little bit better, but was very toxic in regards to my relationships and, and how I dealt with other people. And, okay. you know, that, that toxic residue that, that he could put on top of it. But someone right in the middle is going to, you know, really confuse the hell out of you because they can flip and flop back and forth. Like, you have an amazing time. You go out to dinner. You know, it's just like bliss. You're like, oh, my God, remember why I fell in love? And then you go home and then it's like this, the quickest thing can make them snap. But then it, they're quickly back into this like good place of like, you know, I hate when I act like that, you know, it's just yeah. this and this and this. So it's like, you know, really having that 50, 50 type of conundrum. Okay. That's really good. That's really good. Um, all right. So let's go into, I would love your opinion on what type of person is attracted to narcissistic behavior. Like you can speak personally, maybe from what attracted you. I mean, for me, I could also speak personally about what attracted me to my ex-husband because I think he was kind of in the middle of the spectrum of what you just said. Um, but 
I think there's, it's an interesting thing because we are, have, we were attracted to these people. So how does that happen? Yeah, I know for me and for most of the women that I work with, it's codependency and attachment issues that I didn't even know I had back then. Gotcha. That's the other thing is like, you don't know what you don't know. And I feel as though a lot of the women are like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even know there was a word for this behavior. Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, this about him or that. So I know for me, I'm very close to my father and my parents divorced when I was seven years old. And so for most adults, childhood trauma between the ages of two and like nine affects our adult relationships. So what I realized in doing my own inner work and working with other coaches and mentors is like, I was looking for someone to replace my father. Mm-hmm. So I had that attachment to that ideal of a man in that two-parent household because I saw the hurt um, and and the financial impact it had on my mother. And she was phenomenal, but at the time, I just remember the tears and like the struggle for the money. And so that made me attach to um, wealthy men for a lifestyle and a comfort and a protection and also to attach for love and replacing that affection that I, um, you know, was traumatized by that divorce when I was seven. Mm-hmm. So to, you know, go back to your original question, I think that for, I, for me, it was all about um, having that codependency of, um, of, you know, I need you to fulfill me and my happiness from a financial perspective, because if you leave, then I'm going to cry a lot and I'm going to be broke and I'll be a single mom and all of those things. So, you know, just being brutally honest, that's why I was attracted. And and plus it was, you know, I grew up in a dysfunctional, um, I I won't say a completely dysfunctional family, but there were aspects of dysfunction and alcoholism and whatnot. So I found myself very young being, um, kind of that martyr and just being the adult and having to make sure that other adults were okay at a very young age and, um, you know, wanting that that piece of, um, you know, not having the arguments and things of that nature. So I went out of my way as an adult to try to not have that for my kids, which ended up, you know, not occurring until I left um, because they still were exposed to the arguing. But I was, I thought in my mind I was saying by um, trying to always be the peacemaker. Like, oh, you're upset. Okay, well, let's oh, let's not talk about it right now because I don't want to argue. You yes. know, I don't want to upset you. Not <sighs> that I think that you're right, but I just don't want to argue because I don't want my kids to be affected, you know, how I was with the arguing and everything. So it's like a full circle. Oh my gosh. And I bet you there's people listening that know exactly what you just said. Like, that is such a, such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really had an impact. And, but, you know, the beauty of it is this. As you work through, and even for someone that may be hearing this for the first time or reflecting on it for the first time, it's like once you become aware, you know, the, the most valuable um, state of mind that we have is awareness. So it's like once you become aware of certain behaviors that really are unhealthy, mm-hmm. like I don't have to put up with this type of behavior from someone or being aware of like, well, maybe I have some codependency and attachment yes. issues from my childhood. Then you can start to really walk in a fully empowered state because now you can change your reactions to things 
and changed your your own reactions to triggers because you're aware now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. and you can you start to notice. I one of the biggest aspects of aware, my awareness practice that I developed was the ability just to put a one second pause between an emotional reaction. So something would happen and I was able to give myself space to respond as opposed to reacting. And that is how I started to honestly build confidence in my life is just to give myself that one second pause, which is very difficult and quite scary at first because the ego especially a wounded ego uh, is is so conditioned to the rightness aspect to being right to bouncing back from feeling like the victim to feeling superior so there's that constant battle that you when you're going through this work I would imagine you are observing fluctuate like freaking crazy (laughs) yes yes Yes, absolutely and you know touch on such a key point in being present in the moment mm-hmm. and not you know, uh, staying so much in the past that you're stuck, yes. not going so far ahead that you're trying to figure out the how of it all, but just being very present, trusting your past self and understanding that you have made it through every, the most horrible thing that ever happened to you, you've made it through because you're here today. And a lot of times we don't give ourselves as women credit. Right. To say, damn, I actually made it through that. It was horrible, but I made it through. And now I can trust my future self to continue to push through and make it through. Um, and, and you touch on such a key point with the whole you know, instinct of it all to pause. Because I always say it's like we are conditioned now to not really trust our instincts. Yes. So, you know, like you said, it's scary because you're it's like... Scary. I know what to say or you're you're wrong you know like I know how to how to how to come back with a response but that's not always the right response because it may be out of fear mm-hmm. okay that's profound but <laughs> I you said something like two minutes ago that literally just blew my mind you said we always try to figure out the how of it all And isn't that the truth? That really resonated deeply with me and kept me paralyzed from making any decision because I was like, how? Teach me how. You know, you know the what, where, when, you know all of that, but the how is the unknown. And it's like going back to trusting that path and trusting yourself. Like, I'm a grown ass woman. I have a lot of freaking skills and I can figure out the how, but we just (laughs) decide in that fear-based moment that no, the comfortability of, I don't even know if that's a word, comfortability of um, just being in that cycle of shame or in that cycle of abuse just seems safe. How insane is that? Can you speak it's to that? It's very insane. You know, the thing about it, um, I always equate like our adaptability you know, our skills or even our self-esteem because it's like the foundation of a self-esteem is your confidence in yourself to cope with challenges plus your um, 
the amount of happiness you think you deserve. Yeah. That ultimately comes down to, you know, your self-esteem. And so when you are trying to trust yourself and trust what you know you've already been through, trust how you've already rebounded, trust the skills, the life skills and other skill sets that you have to move forward in a really dynamic way, it can be scary because, you know, if you think of like a moth thousands of years ago, a moth only knew to go up to the stars and this in the moon at night to get warmth and um, to find mates and to find food. And that was just its own innate instinct. And now, you know, you have moths today that are like cracking into like light bulbs and window panes and they're dying essentially because they're not finding the warmth. They're not finding the mates. They're not mm. finding the food. And that's like us. Like we have been conditioned over hundreds of thousands of years to run away from danger. And it had to be split second. So when you talk about that reaction, mm-hmm. but you know, we don't have to kind of do that any longer. We have technology and we're in a much safer space. So what we find is like because of technology and social media telling us that this is what happy looks like and this is what love looks like and this is what you should look like. Now we don't trust our instincts anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, many times we are always trying to figure out the why because we don't even trust our own inner voice to say this is the next step that you should take. It's not about going up the whole staircase today yes it's just about taking that first step and you don't even have to like take the full step you just have to lift your foot up Uh, yes I love the analogy of the uh the penthouse we always look up to the penthouse and think wow wouldn't it be great to live up there it's so far away you have to be so rich and do so much to get there and it's really anyone that lives up there has taken one step at a time yes it's very interesting Yeah, that's it. I that one I don't remember where I heard that. It's not I didn't make that up, but yeah. <laughs> it's really I good. Don't think of either, but you know, it's it's just something I heard and it really resonated with yes. me because it's like, you know, it's so true. We are such instinctual beings that we've gotten so far from our instincts. And then as women, we are always supposed to be looked at as taking care of everybody else in the community. Mm, yes. And then we get to ourselves. And so in that, it's always like to think what is the best thing for this for this person in this business and this corporate job and that and so by the time you get to you we have so many different veils that we wear every single day that we don't even remember what our own instincts are for ourselves and our true happiness happiness and our in our confidence all right so let's talk about that how i think one of the things i really love about you is your your spirituality to because I don't know, but any growth for me has a spiritual aspect to it. And I know there are not a lot of, most of the listeners of Elisa Unfiltered have a, have a spiritual side. <laughs> this is part of the growth, I think. So, however, I, I really connect with a lot of the things you say about um, meditations and affirmations. And you talk about moon cycles. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is like... That is something I have physically in my body become aware of, maybe not necessarily mentally or emotionally so much, but physically in my body in over the last few years, moon cycles, shit, it's a thing. It's a freaking thing. I know we joke about Mercury being in retrograde and like full moon drama or whatever, but like, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, it is so true. You know, the thing about it is with our moon cycles, we have to understand that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And I don't want to go so woo woo, but yeah. it's like it's real shit. It's real and just shit. understanding that our bodies, for those who 
may feel like this is woo woo. I'm just going to take it here. Our bodies are over 70% water, right? Yeah. So if you think of the moon and the way that it attracts and repels water, like you literally can physically, I think if we, any of us have been to a beach, we've seen the tides come in and we've seen the tides go out yes. or, you know, one it's or the other. Fascinating. So we see it and you have to understand that the moon has the same effect on our body energetically. Yes. It just is a natural thing. It's like when you have a magnet and you know, you, without a shadow of a doubt, you know that that magnet is going to attach to another magnet. You don't sit there and try to figure it all out. You just know, like, this yeah. is what it's going to do when you go switch on a light bulb. You know, without a shadow of a, of a doubt, that energy that is so powerful that when, um, you know, laser focus, it can kill somebody. Like, that same energy gives you light at night. Like, we don't even question it. And so it's the same thing with our our own bodies it's like it's sometimes you don't have to understand all of it just know that that the the moon affects the same type of water and energy that is in our own bodies so mm-hmm. we have those highs and we have those lows and we have moments when we need to release mm-hmm. and you know when there are certain cycles of the moon that if you think of the tide coming out it's like it's it's extracting all the things that no longer serve you from your life. And now this is a time to refill with more empowering, empowering thoughts and empowering people and, you know, your own type of refocusing around your goals. And same okay. thing when the, the tides come back in, it's replenishing. It's filling your cup back up. And what are you filling yourself back up with? So just, you know, using those and, and like you said, along the lines of like, um, the meditations and affirmations. And I also found like just regular affirmations didn't work for me as a survivor. Or I like to call myself a survivor of narcissistic abuse. Yes. yes I love that. Like, yeah. Like I, I was not feeling it. Just looking in the mirror. Like I am worthy. I didn't, I don't feel worthy. The person I love the most makes me feel not worthy every single day or most days. So like, that's not going to necessarily, it feels very false and fake to me. Yes. So I even had to find affirmations and meditations that really spoke to me. And I had to start combining some, you know, that that spoke to me. And um, I found so much freedom and release and um, for me, prayer. And, you know, I, God is like source in my world. It doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be so caught up on the human name of what you call source. Yes. It can be Allah, Buddha, Mother Nature, Father, Time, you know, like whatever that looks like for you. But just having that connection to say, you know, there is more. There's something that is bigger than me. There's an energy that I can tap into and co-create a life that I may not even know I deserve, but a life that I want. Mm -hmm. And, um, so a big piece of that for me was like really affirmative prayer, like not like, Oh my, you know, God, please give me, but it was like, God, thank you for accelerating me. Thank you for giving me beauty for my ashes. Thank you that I am thriving. Thank you that the universe is co-creating powerfully for everything that I want in my life. Mm -hmm. Thank you that money is flowing to me from all different directions. And it's like just having that type of affirmative speech in my life for myself, even when it wasn't true. Yeah, was really powerful. And also um, EFT, the emotional freedom tap technique, the tapping. Okay, what tell me about that? Because I I thought it was emotional freedom therapy or something like that. What is or what is technique? Okay, what? Yeah, what is EFT? Tell me about it. So EFT is um, 
series of tapping along the, the energetic meridians of the body. Okay. It's like acupuncture, but we just are not using needles. Gotcha. So for all my, you know, my all, all your listeners who don't like needles, it's like it's the same type of moving that flow and that energy. Gotcha. And, um, you know, you can use it for everything to like stage fright, um, before you go into a meeting. Um, I used it to lose weight confidence, yeah. money, you know, but it's where you tap on different, um, meridians along the body going from the, t- the side of the, um, side of your face down and up to the crown chakra. Yes. And just, you know, continuing to repeat different phrases, depending on what you're using the EFT for to help remove blocks that you may have. Like for, you know, self-doubt. So you would continuously tell yourself, like, first of all, you, you have to become aware. So like, I have so much self-doubt. Okay. I have all this doubt. So let me just ask you this. So, cause you're getting into some really interesting stuff here. Is this, so the unblocking, are these things that you suggest people? Okay. If I am a person who feels as though I'm in a narcissistic relationship or in a relationship with a narcissist and I want to get out, I know it. I have become aware I I'm there and I'm still staying put out of fear or out of whatever the potential or out of whatever reason I'm there, but I know I want to get out. This, this, I love this aspect of it because we're talking about the healing and the healing journey and how we actually, the how, we're talking about the how to heal and get yourself the freaking hell away from that. Yes. So you, you mentioned unblocking ways. Like, is this, when does that happen? When do we start applying these techniques or skills? I would say, you know, for my fellow sister, that is, that is, mentally out of the relationship but maybe physically still in the home okay you know or you know wanting to to get out in that way the first thing is going to come with uh removing blocks around your own capabilities okay and understanding that you don't have to know how things are going to work out for you but just trust that they're going to work out Mm -hmm. so if you need to start doing some EFT or some affirmative prayer or some affirmations that really resonate with you to say everything's going to be okay. I'll be honest with you. There are some times when I felt like there was a certain way to pray and I didn't know like the right way. So I used to just say all is well. When I would start to get anxious or like, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? You know, what school are your sons going to go to? Like all of those thoughts, I would just say, you know, all is well. And I would just repeat all is well until I felt myself calming down and I would just also say everything will be all right because everything is all right and it it can only be that it can only be that it can only be that and so that allowed me to take a step back like you said that one second pause yes and say okay what is the next logical step that you know you can actually do so for me it was like okay I need to call my girlfriend Mercedes and say hey can the boys and I come stay with you Yes. Like, I need to do that. Yes. Here, do you really want to do that? Well, why can't he leave? Why do you have to leave? Because you're comfortable and it's like, no, just do it. Do you, you want more for yourself? You know you deserve more. You need to do this. Yes. And so that was like, so then you, and then once I took that first step, it's like, okay, when she said, yes, come right now. It's like, okay, hey, hey, boys, we're going for a sleepover. Okay, let me pack the bags. Okay, what are you going to do for money? You know, right. and then having the conversation with her, like, hey, I don't have any money. Yes. Right now. 
I, you know, am going to figure these things out and just, you know, doing those, those little things, the little things, and they all build momentum. Yes. Those are the steps. Imperfect action. Yes. Yes. Those are the steps to take massive imperfect action. Oh, I'm so happy you just said that. That is my freaking, that's my affirmation. Take massive imperfect action. It's so huge. It's huge. Good is good enough. Good is good enough. And then you just build momentum on that. Okay, amazing, 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 amazing. Um, Okay, there is one thing I want to talk about that's so controversial right now about narcissism. And we're almost at the end of the show, but we have to talk about what's happening with some celebrities um, down in America. I know you are American, but watching up here and from Canada, the Donald Trump show is... (laughs) has has captivated the minds of so many. Can we talk about him for a little bit? <laughs> yes. You know, I just had to shake my head. And this is the thing about it. Regardless of if you are a Trump supporter or not, you have to feel there are some aspects of like being at the season finale of the like most epic reality show ever, ever. to have been filmed. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Regardless of if you tune in, you know, like how much you love it or not. And, you know, for me as a sort of thriver of narcissistic abuse, I feel as though Donald Trump is very triggering to me because I see that he exhibits a lot of lack of empathy and is an example of a narcissist. And, and, this is the other part about it. Like before he became president, I really liked him as, or what I knew about him as a businessman. Okay. But now that he's in this more, um, you know, this presidential capacity, I just see so many different aspects of him lacking empathy and, and doing a lot of things that, that seem as though they're for his own benefit, his family's benefit, his pockets benefit. Yeah. And if you get a little bit of that, good for you. Yeah. But he's going to always make sure he's okay, mm-hmm. his kids are okay, and his pockets are okay, above all else. Yeah, and that's been exemplified e- even more so in the last week with all of his actions. Um, and, I mean, every single, for me, watching from, from Canada... I watch CNN, I watch Fox News, I watch both ends of the spectrum, and I see such an interesting story being told overall. And I, like, because to me, Trump is is sort of the the kingpin of narcissism. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. He's, and he's almost rallying anyone with these tendencies to make, to normalize it and make it okay to behave that way is is that the feeling in the in america as well yeah it's it's frantic and, and you know the thing about it is to me I, I what makes me so anxious about it all and um the rallying cries that he has is like it really shows me how much mental illness there is and i, I and i'm not saying that anyone who's a trump supporter is has mental illness no 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 but i just think that people who attack who like him for the narcissistic tendencies yeah. It's like you can there there can be fiscal policies, there can be other things that you like about him, but if you specifically like the fact that he can do a whole political speech just about him, 
and how great he is and how <laughs> if he loses the presidency, he's going to leave and like all these things. If you like that, to me, there's something to really look deeper into. You know what I mean? I do. And and yeah, he definitely, he, he stokes those fires of narcissists. And it's so funny because I know a lot of narcissists who love Trump. Yes, of course. It's it's the you know we we like what we know, <laughs> and we're attracted to common points. We're attracted to our own selves, and yeah. so I can totally see that happening. And I don't know. I I think overall your messaging on social media is where I found you. I know that you also have a Facebook group that's yes. building momentum. Yeah. Cool. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I think your message right now in a world where narcissistic behavior is accepted as normal, that's a dangerous place to be. So I really like you. You are breaking that 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 glass a little bit because and and that's why I said your niche is so specific, because there's not a lot of people really talking about this and really targeting that area of mental illness and how to recover from it because there are victims out there everywhere that don't even know they're victims they just think that this is the way it is right so i yes yeah so talk talk to talk to me a little bit about how people can work with you a little bit more or keep hearing you in this amazingness yeah Yeah. (laughs) well thank you you know what you just said is so key like because the reason that I was in not one but two narcissistic abusive relationships is because I didn't even know narcissism was a thing. Right. And then even when I heard about it, I still thought it was like not what I was in. Like I would never be with a narcissist. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, so, yes, I have a Facebook group that I just recently started. It's called Triumph over narcissistic abuse and really the whole premise is I am such an advocate for financial freedom for women that have been in narcissistic abusive relationships because I feel like that is the one of the catalysts to healing is having your own money yes whether or not you come from a wealthy family or not it's like you still need to have access to your own money so the group is all around going deeper into codependency and attachment issues so we can have that surface level healing because it, it needs to be a continual process but it's not like a therapy group it's more so to say okay now let's be badasses let's take our power back take our life back yeah get back to our true happiness find out what our purpose is and monetize that in some way so that we can always have financial freedom so that we are never feeling like we are stuck because so many, I would say 90% of my clients, probably 95% of my clients are, are with narcissists or were with narcissists and stayed past the point of pain because of lack of money. Yes. Uh, Unbelievable. It's like, this is the action that, will help you. This is action you can take. And this is a group of women who have done it and are doing it and are doers and are changing their lives. And let's all come together and support each other in this way. Yes. So good. Yes. So good. Just empowering each other to be victims, but to be victorious. Yeah. No pity parties. No pity parties. Okay. So yeah, because you must have a lot of victim personality or the victim is 
such a such a common place to go because and it's part of the wave of healing that victim hat wearing the victim hat I've been there many times I've worn that victim hat proud and I've looked for pity from others many times oh my gosh but so this group is not for that that's what you're saying exactly it's not it's for women who are like okay that happened for me Mm-hmm. You know, they've kind of moved from this happened to me to this happened for me. And it's like, now, now what? Because I always was the shit. Right. I just lost myself. So now I want to get back to being the shit. I want to get back to being this confident woman that is successful. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, success looks different for everybody, but it's like having success in all areas of your life to be fulfilled, to feel like I can set boundaries. I can recognize triggers. I don't have to be with that person just because they're giving me this because I found other ways to kind of bring that into my life. So it's all about, like you said, the working with energy and and manifesting in big Mm -hmm. ways. And then I also don't want any of the ladies to play small. Like we're done playing small. Us being in those relationships, Mm -hmm. we were playing small. Now it's time to play big. So whatever that version of yourself that scares you is, we're going towards that. That is what we're going towards because we have it inside of us. It's like no holding back anymore. We're done. You said the quote, there's another level with your name on it. And I was like, ooh, that is good. There is is another level and your name is freaking on it. So let's step (laughs) up. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Yes, it is. And a level after that and a level after that. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of that. That was awesome you're amazing you're an amazing woman and i'm i'm sorry that you went through all of that crap but i'm so happy that you did because now you're giving back and helping so many people it's a wonderful thing i so appreciate you and you know what i actually thank my exes every single day oh i thank them every day because had it not been for those experiences and those relationships who knows you know if i would have even gotten to this point and the way i'm able to help women now it's like It's spoken like a true leader. Thank you so much for coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, that's all for me today. I want to thank my guest one more time, Tierra Womack, for coming on the show to share her story and wisdom about the subject that needs to be talked about more and normalized. All of the links to connect you to Tierra, including her Instagram at at the brave way are in the show notes below. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.